Oh, thank you, Lord. Hope you've had a, a great week. Hope, you, hope you've uh, been feeling well and keeping warm and escaping the cold. I just uh, feel dramatically like I need to have a drink of water. I've had a, a little bit of the cough this week. Anyone else had the, the, the cough thing? Yeah, I think there's a few bugs around. Lord, we just pray for strength and health for each one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. A few people saying, yeah, amen. They believe it. Thank you, Lord. Well, this morning uh, we can continue our series, but I want to ask, first of all, who's ever watched one of those singing shows on TV, uh, like The Voice, or Who's Got Talent, or Australia's Got Talent, or any of those singing competitions? Anyone ever seen one? Has anyone ever not seen any of those shows ever? A couple of people haven't? Well done to you, I want to say. Um, I have to say they're not my favourite type of show. They're not uh, the kind of show I love, but uh, Rochelle likes them. Um, <laughs> well, The Voice anyway. Sorry, Rochelle, I should point that out. Um, yeah, those shows, they get up on stage and there's that moment where they, they come up on stage and they can, they can have it, all the look, they've got all the, the confidence and as they walk onto that stage and they stand there, you can think, yep, yeah, I reckon this guy's got it, this guy's going to be good. And there's other people you sort of walk on, you see them walk on stage and you think, oh man, what's this going to be like? Um, and there's that moment where they, they open their mouth and they begin to let out a sound and everyone's holding their breath because they're thinking, is this going to hurt my ears or is this going to be a joy? And I'll never forget the first moment I heard uh, Susan Boyle sing on Australia's Got Talent, I wouldn't know, Britain's Got Talent, and... You could tell that they were really making fun of her before she even started. But then she let out this song, and it was just, wow. But some people, they've got the look, they've got the image, and, but then they open their mouth, and everyone's like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> and some, sometimes it's deliberate. Sometimes it's people that just love to sing, and no one's been kind enough to say, look, it's wonderful that you love to sing, but I think it's probably a private gift, not a public gift. Um, you know that moment and I want to say if you love to sing you sing your heart out don't stop because other people don't like it but uh, let's be honest about our genuine talents this morning we're going to continue looking at the Sermon on the Mount and we've talked about genuine success genuine impact genuine obedience genuine worship genuine trust and this morning we're going to talk about genuine dangers Genuine dangers to living a life of faith that God has called us to, to live on this earth. Because we can have the image, we can have the look, we can look like we've got it all together, but when we open our mouth, when, when the heart is exposed, when reality is uncovered, we want to be genuine disciples and not just have a look about us. I've seen a little bit over the last few weeks of uh, a show Morgan Freeman's doing at the moment. Anyone seen it? It's about God and, and different religions' view on things. And I've found some of it interesting. I've found some of it really stormy and go, that's not right. And uh, moments that just break my heart. But I was watching it just this last week, I think it was, and it was part of the show. And they're talking about... Um, about God and they do this experiment and there's these kids in the room and um, there's, there's no one else in the room to begin with and they've got to do this, this uh, they've got to throw a ball at the, it's like hooky, dart sort of a thing and they've got to throw it at the board but there's no one in the room. So the kid's natural inclination is well, there's no one in the room, 
I can cross the line. I can go up to the board and just put it on there. No one will know. Uh, and they cheat. And, but then there's a, 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 later on in the show, they, they do the same thing, only they put a chair in the room and say their invisible friend is sitting on the chair and he's going to be in the room watching. And, uh, and they leave the room, they do the same test. And so many of the kids look at the chair and they're like, no, I better not cross the line. I'll look at the chair. I'll be back. And it was an interesting test, I've got to say. But the, 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 the thing they drew out of it nearly broke my heart because they're saying it's a good thing that people believe in God because it stops people doing the wrong thing. And I thought there is something fundamentally wrong with that conclusion that they've just drawn because Jesus has not revealed to us the truth about God so that we live in fear from being judged. Jesus came to say, come live this way, come find life. There is forgiveness, there is life in Jesus Christ. It's not about fear, it's about finding life and freedom that we don't have to live as slaves to sin and to... Oh, it stirred me up. I thought, oh, Lord, let people see that God is not a God of fear, but a God of love. God has a plan and a journey for our lives that we would discover the life He has for us, that we wouldn't live in fear, that we would live in love, but we must choose. We've got to choose. If you've got your Bibles there, we're going to open up to Matthew chapter 7. As we continue to look at the Sermon on the Mount this morning. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 1. It says this. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. working sorry keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for keep on seeking and you will find keep on knocking and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives everyone who seeks finds and to everyone who knocks the door will be opened you parents if your children ask for a loaf of bread do you give them a stone instead or if they ask for a fish do you give them a snake of course not so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children How much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. 
So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Jesus says, do not judge, or you too will be judged. With the same measure you use, the same measure you will be judged with. What's Jesus saying? What's Jesus not saying? I want to ask first of all. He is not saying judge nothing. Jesus is not saying judge nothing. Don't, don't weigh up things. Don't assess people's life and character. In Matthew 23, Jesus judges the Pharisees. He, he judges their teaching. He says, yep, do what they do, but do not do what, sorry, do what they say, but do not do what they do. They are like whitewashed tombs on the inside. They are rotten. They, they look good on the outside. They look like they're doing all the right things, but on the inside, their hearts are are full of selfishness and pride. He says they neglect the more important matters of justice, mercy and faithfulness. And he, he, he judges the Pharisees. In, in Corinthians, uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 5 verse 9, he says, When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge, indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or are greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer yet indulges in sexual sin or is greedy or worships idols or is abusive or is drunkard or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it certainly is your responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. God will judge those on the inside, but as the scriptures say, you must remove the evil person from among you. That can sound like some pretty hard words, but we are in danger if we go on in involvement in those things. God doesn't want us to get caught up in those things. If we know Jesus is our Savior, if we know that God loves us and is offering good things, he says, don't go back to the old way of living. Don't go back to the old way of trying to find fulfillment, of finding peace, finding an escape. He says, you've, you've, you've left those things. Don't go back to those things. And you know what? If, if we're in those things, God can help you. God can deliver you from those things. If any of those things is a struggle for you today, that you know Christ, but you're, you're still struggling with any of those issues. God can help you. But first, we must bring it into the light. We must say, God, help me with this. We must acknowledge our sin. He's faithful and just and to forgive us our sin, and He will change us. He will renew us. But first, we must come to Him. He says, if people claim to be followers of Jesus, but they just go on living in sin, living that way, he says, remove them from the church. Now that sounds like a pretty serious step. And it's a sad day when it comes to that. I want to say, if you're struggling, our, our first desire is to, to help you, to walk with you. We want to help one another find life in Christ. But if a person continues, deliberately chooses to keep walking in sin... And, and will not turn away from that thing. We are told as, a, as believers to say, it's not okay. You cannot claim Jesus as your saviour and go on living in these things and continuing in sin. 
but God can restore every one of us. Amen. We all stumble at times. We all have temptations. We all have struggles. But God says, help one another in this. And speaking to the church, speaking of when the church comes together, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. He says, let two or three people prophesy. He says, don't be against prophecy. But then he says, and let others evaluate what is said. In other words, listen to prophecy. Do not be so critical of prophecy that you don't hear what is said. He says, listen, and don't just then go and do what is said in a word of prophecy. Some people have uh, foolishly obeyed something that was prophesied over them. They've gone to try and make it happen, and it's been foolish. There's times when people prophesy or say something to us and maybe it is true for the future but it's not up to us to make it happen. We need to evaluate what is said. We need to weigh up what is said. We don't just blindly obey what someone says to us. But he says, let them prophesy. Listen to what he's spoken. He doesn't say critique what is said. He doesn't say um, judge what is said. He says evaluate what is said. And chances are, if I, if I bring a, a word from God, maybe God stirs my heart to, to, to speak something out. Someone comes on a Sunday morning and, and shares something from the front. They might share a great word from God, but it's, it's coming through a person. And there might be some bike riding analogies come out through me. There might be some, some uh, Selwyn come out. Someone comes up and he shares a message. There might be some Selwynness comes out through that message. And we need to pick out what's, what is it God's speaking to us. And what, what, what's the flesh and blood? What's the, what's the bones? What's the Andrew that you don't need to listen to? But what's, I, I know Pastor Dave taught me the saying, eat the fish but spit out the bones. Don't, don't throw away the fish because there's bones in it. But eat the, eat, eat the fish, evaluate what's bones and chuck out the bones because they'll just go down your throat and make it painful. We need to weigh up what is said. We need to judge what is said and let what is true impact our hearts and let those other things just fall away. Maybe it needs to be put on the shelf and say, Lord, I'm not sure about that. Just make it plain what is true. Jesus is not saying love and accept everyone. Don't love and accept everything no matter what. He's not, sorry, just, um, he's not saying blindly obey, but he's saying don't get a critical heart. Don't judge. Uh, he says judge, but don't become judgmental. Don't have a, a mindset of always just judging everything and not accepting anything. If you do, you're in a dangerous place. If you find yourself talking about other people's shortfalls, other people's failures, if you find yourself always critiquing other people, be very careful. We're told, let love be our highest goal. Let's not become legalistic. Let's not become critical and judgmental. He says, first... Ask God to help you. Let God remove the plank in our own eye. And he says, then you will be able to help your brother and sister in need. Praise God. God can help us with the struggles we have. God is able to deliver us from those things. And then we can help those around us. Last year we did a series on the secret place. And we looked at Galatians chapter 6. It says, you who are godly. Help those who wander away from the truth. You who are godly, care for those who, who wander away from the truth. And how every one of us are called to, to be our brother's keeper. We're, we're called to 
help our brother or sister who seems to be wandering off away from the truth, to, to say to them, look, I, I see it seems like you're struggling. It seems like there's just something going on. You, we haven't seen you for a while. God's called every one of us, you who are godly, to care for our brothers and sisters around us. But first, let's let God examine our own heart. This morning, as I stand up and preach, I, I, I can declare that God challenges me every time before I preach. To, to, to stand up and, and preach to you, I've, I've preached to myself a thousand times beforehand. I say, God, I'm preaching to myself this morning. We need to examine our own hearts and then God will help us to deal with the things in other people's lives, to help them as we speak the truth in love. God has called us to speak the truth and I always speak it in love. He says, don't throw pearls before pigs because they'll just trample it and then trample you. In other words, find the appropriate time, find the appropriate moment. Don't just throw it out there and say, well, I've done my thing, done what I had to do. Find the right moment, find the opportunity, make a time to meet with that person. Don't just throw it out there and say, oh, I've done what I had to do. Love the person. Don't throw pearls before swine, is what we always say. Don't throw, throw pearls before pigs. Let's lovingly present the truth to one another. Jesus goes on in verse 7. He says, Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. And I don't know about you, but for me, every time I hear that verse, I think, Okay, God, what do we need to ask you for? What are the good things that you're wanting us to ask for that you're going to give us what we, we ask for? But I actually wonder, how does this apply to someone who's asking for bad things? Keep on asking, you'll receive what you ask for. If someone continually is asking for the wrong things, let's say someone wants to rob a bank, and they're saying, God, no, they're probably not talking to God, but they're asking. They're asking, they think, I, I want an opportunity. I need someone to help me with this. I, I, I want to rob that bank. I, I need someone to go with me. I need someone to drive the car. I need someone to, to do that thing to help me get in and, and rob that bank. If they continually ask and they're looking for ways and they're seeking ways, I think that's actually true for that person too. Yeah, ask, keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Seek and you will find. Think about that passage we just read, someone who has a judgmental, critical heart and they're thinking about someone in their workplace and they're thinking, oh, I wish someone would just, just finally deal with that person. I wish someone would just tell them off. I wish someone would just, oh, just give them a piece of their mind one day. You know who's going to give them a piece of their mind one day. It's the person constantly asking, wishing that someone would speak something to that person. And they're going to lash out, they're going to make a scene, they're going to let their heart be uncovered. It's what we seek for, we find. What we search for, we find. What we ask for, we receive. The very first week of the series, we, we looked at the fact that Jesus says, blessed are the meek, blessed is the peacemaker, blessed are... Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Are we seeking, are we asking for righteousness to come? Are we asking God to purify my heart? Are we asking God to, Lord, let your kingdom come through me. Let, me, let, your, let your word go out through me. If that's our desire, we'll see it happen. I praise God for the, the boldness God gave David to, to share in that Toastmasters class. He shared with me a couple of weeks ago about that. And... And from that, God's, God's birthed that in someone else, a, a, a courage. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What are we asking for? What are we seeking in this life? 
You know, the reality is we can ask for whatever we want. We can seek whatever we, we, we desire. And God will not stop us seeking. God won't control you and say, no, you can't have that. I'm going to make you like this. God is not a controlling God. God will allow you to seek whatever your heart desires. He won't stop us from searching from the things that we desire. But just like a, a parent of a child who their child goes off looking for love in all the wrong places, they go trying to find acceptment, acceptance in, among the wrong crowd, it breaks his heart when we go searching for life in dead things. It breaks his heart when we go searching to try and find life in, in, in things that are just going to bring destruction. When we seek other things other than his will for our life. When we go after things that just bring death in our life, it breaks his heart. But he will not stop us. He gives us his word. He sent his spirit to empower us. And it's up to us to choose. The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Think of that singing show again. It's, it's, uh, People have been accepted onto the show. They, they have, judge, uh, they have um, coaches that work with them and help train them and try and equip them for a life in the, the music industry or whatever it is. And the, the coach knows what's best for that person, hopefully. The coach is there to, to help them see their, their own strengths, their own weaknesses, and to, to steer them in the right direction, to help them in that journey to become a genuine music success. God knows what is best for us. God is the greatest coach we could ever have. God knows what is good for us. He knows what is bad for us. He knows our own heart better than we know ourselves. The Bible says that human heart is deceitful above all things. We can deceive ourselves so easily. Let's come back to his word and say, what does God say about this? What is God's spirit saying about this? He can help us be a genuine success. He knows about the genuine dangers around us but he can help us have a genuine, faith-filled life for his glory. Jesus goes on and he says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, its gate is wide for the many who choose that way, but the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. We can try and find life in whatever we desire, but there is only one way to eternal life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If we come to him, we can find forgiveness. If we come to him, we can find life. We can find fulfillment. I think at times people try and make deals with God. It's like, God, I've given you six days of my week I've lived for you, God. Six days of the week I've done what you've said. I was reluctant, but I did it. And I, I, God, I've, I've I've done my best on six days. Can I just have this one day to do my own thing? Like, God, will you just look the other way for a minute? I'm just going to have my own day. I'm going to seek after these other things that I think will bring me life and happiness. And I think at times we can think we're missing out because we're living for God. No way. I think people sort of think, well, God, I, I go to church on Sundays. I'm trying to do the right thing. Would you please just leave me alone about this thing? I, I like it, God. I like this sin. But God would want to give us a, a, a hate for our sin, that we would turn away from it, that we would find true life that fulfills. I know every one of us can say in a moment in our life, in a weakness and temptation, we've, we've done something, we've said something, 
and then afterwards thought, oh God, that didn't bring life. And we all know the heaviness in our heart the moment we, we give in to that temptation. But God wants to lead us into life. Not how much is enough, Lord, but Lord, just lead me wherever you want me to go. People might ask, how, how close to the edge of the cliff can I go, God, before I fall off? He's like, no, run from the cliff, run from temptation. Run after me, follow me. Don't try and live as close to the cliff as you can. Come and find life in its full as you follow after me. It says, God blesses those who recognize they are poor, who recognize their need for him. Finally, Jesus says, beware of false prophets. They are like vicious wolves, but you will know them by their fruit. What fruit does the Holy Spirit produce in us? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Send me an order, did I? I missed one. God produces good things within us. God produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit. We don't have to try and squeeze out fruit of the Holy Spirit. We've got a great book at home about the tree that tries to, to produce fruit. It's going, apple, 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 apple. Just can't do it. We don't have to try and do it. God produces those things in us. When we submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, when we submit ourselves to Him, He produces that kind of fruit within us. If we have a critical spirit, if we have people around us with a critical spirit or ungracious spirit or they're, they're bitter or they're, they're, they're harsh, we need to be careful what we listen to. And maybe we need to say, hey, you know what, we, sh- we shouldn't speak like that. Let's, let's pray for that person instead. We need to be careful the words we listen to because it, it affects our heart. We need to be careful of false prophets who would, who would speak not what God would say, but what the world would say, or deceptive words. We need to be careful. We need to, to, to judge the fruit of a person's life. He says you'll identify a false prophet by their fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. A bad tree cannot produce good fruit. We need to know God's word so that when someone sp- starts to speak contrary to his word, we would know the truth and the truth would set us free. We've been looking at the question, what on earth am I here for? God tells us through his word that we are here to bring him glory. We exist on this earth to bring him glory, that people would recognize his greatness, his goodness, his love, and that they also would know his love. We're here to bring him glory. We're here not to get judgmental or critical, not to doubt his love, but to let him lead us. We're on this earth not to get distracted and chase after all kinds of things, not to be distracted by false teachers, but to bear fruit for his glory. I want to finish this morning by just giving us some time to let God point out the things within our heart, to examine our own heart. I want to ask you the question, I want you to ask yourself the question, what have I been living for? Moment by moment, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, what have I been living for? What have I been searching for? What have I been asking for? What have I been hungering for? What am I asking God for? If I'm not asking God for anything, chances are I'm hungering and thirsting and searching in other places. What have I been living for? Maybe you want to begin to ask God this morning for a hunger for righteousness. Maybe you want to ask God for a hunger for his word so you would know what's true. 
Maybe you'd want to ask God to renew your heart, to give you a love for Him and a love for people. We're going to play a song this morning, just as we have this time. And I just want to encourage you that God does not condemn, but He does convict us of sin. He points out things within us that are not right. And you can just begin to thank God, just begin to praise God that He's pointing out that thing in your life right now. I just wonder if we can just close our eyes. Just we we're gonna put this song on called Here's My Heart. It says, Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Speak, Lord, speak to me. Point out the things in my heart, Lord. Let's just listen to this song. Let's listen to God. Maybe you want to write some things down. Maybe at the end of this time you might like someone to pray with you. That God would help you break through in this area. If we can just put on that song. Let's just take some time just to let God point out the things within our heart that we, we will live for His glory. Like 31, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since He did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for His own? No one. For God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And He is sitting in the place of honour at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does that mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or treated with, threatened with death? As the Scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ, who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. It is finished. Anyone who comes to Him, He will not turn away. Today, if you've never responded to Jesus Christ, you can accept Him as your Lord and Savior. You can thank Him that He died for your sin and that you're forgiven by His grace. And it is finished. It's that simple. It's turning away from living for ourselves and turning to follow and live for Him. Can we stand this morning? And we're going to finish by singing this song, Cornerstone. How's it start?